0: The Kutta Sicha's Cheligut Ches, Shlach Sicha Gimel, a summary of the Sicha. In the story of the Meraglim, when Kalev and Yeshua gave responses to the uh, what the Meraglim had said, the pasuk says, "Achba Hashem altim ra'idu. However, do not rebel against Hashem, meaning do not think of not going to his role, The ata al ro, and you should not be afraid. The same orders for the people of the people of the land, kilach because they are our bread. Sorzilom, their shadow, their protection has been removed. So Rashi says, he brings from the passage the words Altim Raidu, do not rebel, and he says, Veshuv, and then if you do not rebel against Hashem, then you have nothing to fear. In other words, that there are two ways of looking at these uh, words. We could have said that uh, they were saying two things. They were saying, Do not rebel against Hashem do not be afraid of the people. It was like a command, a charge, do not be afraid. So Rashi says, no, it means, do not rebel against Hashem, and then you will have nothing to fear from them. So how does Rashi know that this is what it means? How does he know that that it, that it means, maybe it means the first pshat? A second thing, the next Rashi says, because they are our bread. So Rashi says, I, we will eat them like bread. So we have to understand about this as well. The pasuk itself says they are our bread. So what's Rashi adding? We will eat them like bread. What else could it mean? We're talking about people comparing them to bread. So of course, of course, it means we will. It'll be as easy to conquer them as eating bread. But then the question is, why does he say like bread? Why doesn't it say like food? Why does he specify bread specifically? Then Rashi says the third Rashi their shadow has been removed and he explains their, their protector and their strength because the, meaning the righteous amongst them because Iev had died so there was nobody to protect them anymore a second pshat that the protection means from Hashem the shadow of Hashem the protective shadow of Hashem has been removed so this we also have to understand why does Rashi need two explanations for what shadow we're talking about so the explanation, how does Rashi know that it means that Altirom, you have nothing to fear because you will not rebel against Hashem, how does he know that? The question, because the question has to be asked. The Miraglim came along and they said that the people of the, of, that live in Etz Yisrael are powerful people, they're giants, we felt like midgets, like, uh, like uh, locusts in their eyes, uh, in our eyes, in their eyes. So, obviously, they were a powerful people. Yeshua and Caleb never denied that that was true. They also agreed, obviously, that they were a powerful people. So then, why don't they say, don't be afraid? Why shouldn't they be afraid? There is what to be afraid of. In fact, we find that after Hashem told the that they were not going to go into Heserol for 40 years, they decided to go on their own. They're going to, we're going. So Moshe Rabbeinu said to them, "Do not go; you will be killed. These are a powerful people. The Amalekim and the Canaanim—they they, they're not easy. You're gonna—you're going to be defeated." In other words, Moshe Rabbeinu himself knew that they were powerful people. So why is it that they're saying, without get, giving any reason, "Don't be afraid"? What do you mean, "Don't be afraid"? Therefore, Rashi says they were giving a reason why there's nothing to be afraid. Out if you do not rebel against Hashem then you will have nothing to be afraid of that's the reason that you have nothing to fear from the people, even though they're powerful there's nothing to fear Hashem is with you, Hashem will give us the power so now we understand what the next Rashi is, it says meinu they are our bread and Rashi has to explain we will eat them like bread, why does he have to say that because there's another way to look at this we could have said that The reason that uh, uh, Yeshua and Amalek was saying that we can't do not fear them could have been interpreted as we can't afford to be afraid of them. Why? Because going to Etz conquering Etz Yisroel, this is our bread and butter. This is essential to us like eating bread. How could we afford to be afraid? Maybe that's the shot in the Pasuk. So Rashi says, no, since we've explained that Rom is a result of because we will not rebel against Hashem, therefore we have nothing to be afraid of, so then what's left to explain as lachmei noheim? We will easily conquer them like bread. Why like bread and not like food in general? Because we already know from before that when the Yidden requested meat, Rashi makes the contrast. When they asked for bread, that was an appropriate request. You need bread. Bread is essential. So Hashem gave it to them with joy and with love. But when they asked for meat, over there he said, you know, that's not an appropriate request, and therefore it was not given with joy and with love. So we see that bread is something that Hashem gives with joy and love. So another, they were saying, Kilach meinu we will eat them like bread, meaning to say Hashem will give it to us joyfully. He will help us joyfully to conquer them easily. This is not going to be forced upon Hashem like the meat was it will come, there's even less reason to fear them, Kilach that's another reason why we have nothing to fear, because Hashem will give it to us joyfully and with love. When it comes to the third Rashi, so he says, what exactly is the protection that they had? So we see from Rashi's words himself, that he seems to favor in a certain way the second one, because he quotes the word, and the, uh, the shadow has been removed from upon them. When you say, a shadow has moved, the protection has moved, it means it moved from one place and went to the other place. Especially when you add the word Alehem, it's now moved from upon them, and it's elsewhere, somewhere else. But if you say, according to the first shot, that it's because Eve died, so then it didn't move anywhere. The protection ended so then what is the sense of saying Sar it was moved, it didn't move, it ended, it was abolished. Therefore Rashi has a, a difficulty with that word and therefore he finds, he needs to find another pshat that is talking about the protection of Hashem. The protection of Hashem is something that always exists. He protects the whole world, he committed himself after the Mabu to protect the whole world. His compassion is upon all of his creation. So there is protection from Hashem. It just moved from these people. They lost the protection. Therefore, the sor makes more sense in, uh, according to the second shot. Although we can explain that even according to the first shot, because we could say that Yeshua and Kalev were trying to deliver the message not about what happened to Eiv. What happened to to the protection? Who cares what happened? The main point is, they no longer have the protection. So why do they have to explain exactly what happened to the protection, whether it moved or it's abolished, it no longer exists altogether? That's not the subject matter. Therefore, it's not such a big question. And the first shot can also be explained even with the words sarme aleim. And therefore, Rashi favors the first pshat. In the end, he makes that into the first pshat, which means the primary pshat, because even that question can be answered. And it has another thing going for it, the first pshat, because the word silum, which means their protection. Hashem is not their protection. Hashem is protection. When you explain it as iyev, meaning the righteous amongst them, then it is their protection that was removed. Therefore, Tzila makes more sense according to the first Pshat, and since Sar can work according to the first Pshat as well, therefore Rashi goes with that Pshat as the first one, but still needs another one because it works better with Sar mealayim. We know that in addition to the regular Pshat, Rashi has also extraordinary explanations that come out from his Pshat, both in the area of Alacha and in Chassidus, in, in the, the inner dimension of Torah. So in this case, we find the following. There's a machlekes between the Rambam and the Raivet in, reg- in regards to the uh, Hashgacha protest over Goyim. W- where do we see this? I shouldn't say that. The machlekes is not about Hashgacha protest. The, the, their seem- what seems to be their view comes from a machlekes in regards to the status of Shechita for a Goyim. The Rambam says... That if a goy shechts an animal, it's navela and therefore conveys tuma the way a navela would. But masa even if you don't come into direct contact with it, you just lifted it, even not directly, you become tummy. The Ravid lets loose on the Rambam and he says a goy is like a behama, they don't uh, have, they don't become tummy, they can't impart tuma. They're like the uh, al The pasuk says that they're compared to a. A donkey, there is nothing to them. It's like air, wind, and there was nothing then. Anyone that considers them to be anything at all, it's like holding on to air. Very very strong words against the Rambams giving them that status of making the animal nivela. So the Kesav Mishnah asks on the Ravid, what does he want from the Rambam? What are you, what's the problem with he brings in they can't they convey tumah, they can't become tameh. The Rambam said never said they become tameh. He said if they shecht an animal, that animal will convey Tummah because the guy shechted it, so it's nevela. So what does he want? So the Ragu Chaver explains the Ravid. What he's saying is, in order to make an nevela, he says you have to have a status, a halachic status that when you do the shechita, you ruin the shechita and it becomes nevela. So, the Rivid is saying they have no halachic status. Therefore, they can't, convey, they can't make it into Nevela. So, the question is, why then is it Nevela? But it is without question Nevela. The Mishnah says it's Nevela. So, the Raghat answers that the Ravid the understands it as the, the Goit did nothing to the animal either way. He didn't impart Shita, he didn't impart he Nevela. He's neutral to the whole thing. Nothing happened because of the Goit we view it as if the animal dropped dead on its own. When an animal drops dead on its own, it's Nevela. So the goy affected nothing either way. So now that we understand how they look at the goy, uh, Ra- the ramam says he has a certain status. The, the Ravid says that he has no status at all, even though there are halachas in which they do have status. Certainly there are. But in regards to Tuma, that's why the, the Ravid brings in the idea of Tuma, because in Tuma they have no status at all. So that gives us an insight in how to, into how they would be feel about hashgacha Protus for a goy. Does Hashem look specifically at the goy, as the Ramam would say that there is such a thing as hashgacha protes even for a goy? Divine providence specifically to this particular goy and his activities in this world. And the Riva ra- says he has no status. There's nothing to look at. There's nothing to see any reward and punishment that comes to a guy is just understood in the general context of whether he fits into his mission in the world. Like we say, let's say by an animal, that you sh- in a certain situations when an animal does something or even when somebody does something to an a- with an animal, uh, com- commits a sin with an animal, you have to kill the animal. The question is, what did the animal do? Why, is he, why does he deserve to die? The answer is, the animal is has only one purpose in the world, and that is to serve humankind. If they don't serve humankind, to the contrary, they cause a failure for the humankind. They were instrumental in a failure happening to humankind. Therefore, they don't. There's no reason for them to live anymore. So, in that context, you could also say that a guy's reward and punishment, even though it does exist, because if they do the sheva mitzvah they they are rewarded. If they don't, then they're punished but it's all in the context of how do they fit into the mission of the world the world has a purpose which is that the Yidin should make it into a a holy place the Goyim have a mission which is to make the world into a safe place so that the Yidin can make it into a holy place so if a Goy gives up his place in that mission therefore he doesn't deserve to to live anymore that's why it's interesting that all the penalty for a violation of any of the Sheva mitzvah they know it, is death. And the reason is because they failed in their mission of creation. Of course, if they contribute to their mission, so then they're rewarded for it. But it's not about this specific person and what he does. When a Yid does a Mitzvah, that Mitzvah has an end on to its own and the Yid is rewarded for that particular Mitzvah. It's not the same with a goy. But the Rambam disagrees and he says that the Goyim are also rewarded specifically and they have a specific purpose and mission which is um, followed by Hashgach Pratis. And it could be even understood even more clearly from the words in this Pesach which is Sartsilam their shadow has been removed. The Valshem says on the Pesach, Hashem Tzilcha, Hashem is your shadow that everything above reacts to what we do down here. It's just like a shadow reacts to the person that's casting a shadow. Whatever movements you make, that's what the shadow will do. When we do a mitzvah here, we cause an, a reaction up there equal to that action. It's accord, in accordance with that action. It could be to the good, it could be to the bad, unfortunately, and so on. So, when we say tzilom, the question is, does a guy have the ability to through a specific action to get a reaction from above the Ramam says yes there is such a possibility the Raivet says there is no such possibility it doesn't, he doesn't rise to that level he has no status in order to create a reaction to his particular action and therefore that's the difference between the first Pshat and the second according to the first Pshat that is according to the Raivid. we can't say that Hashem had his shadow over the Goyim that had to be removed it could only mean that they themselves they had within them certain protections because people that behaved righteously the Ramam says no it is possible to say that there was a protection that hovered and protected the nations and that was removed